0: This podcast is brought to you by lineupmedia.fm.
1: You're listening to Valley Football First and Goal, the official podcast of the Missouri Valley Football Conference on the lineupmedia.fm network. Now, your host, Kelly Burr.
0: Welcome into another edition of the MVFC First and Gold Podcast. I'm your host, Kelly Burke. And in anticipation for the start of conference play, I'm excited to welcome in USD assistant coach Bill O'Boyle. Now, Coach O'Boyle is uh, the offensive line coach, and he's also the run game coordinator for the Coyotes. Coach, uh, welcome to the show.
1: Thanks for having me, Kelly.
0: You know, you guys are coming off a huge win over North Dakota last weekend. You know, the USD football program, it's ranked as high as it's ever been. Where do you feel like the Coyote team has improved the most and why?
1: Uh, you know, really, I just think we're starting to come together a little bit. Last year, we got, uh, obviously, we got here late in uh, spring with the recruiting process and went through a rough spring ball, just kind of install some things. And uh, last year, really, to be honest with you, we were kind of in that, that entry-level phase where we were putting things together. And it started to come together toward the end of the season and, Uh, had a good spring, and uh, kids are buying into what we're doing. Uh, I think we're a lot stronger in the weight room, which was a big improvement. And uh, we're getting the right kids in here. Not that Coach Glenn didn't do a great job recruiting, but uh, kind of the kids that fit our style.
0: Yeah. You know, you when you were at SIU, you were the the co-offensive coordinator. You know, now you're the run game coordinator. And you you work directly, obviously, with Coach Slavky, putting together a game plan. So if you could elaborate a little bit just on, you know, what that dynamic is like, how you guys are working together to game plan, you know, who's essentially calling the plays in game, um, and and what specifically your role is not only leading up to the game and game week, but, you know, on actual game day.
1: Well, I think uh, it was a lot like similar situation with Coach Hill uh, when I was at Southern. Uh, both those guys are great quarterback coaches, great throwing game coordinators, and really overall coordinators. Uh, my role is, is basically is is just with the protections, uh, with the run game, what we're doing to simplify things, and, and uh, you know to kind of basically come up with a game plan that uh, we don't have to change a lot of things up front, uh, keep the same rules if possible and adjust to what we're seeing that week and ted does a great job of breaking down film you know i've been around a lot of guys but he is uh he's a guy that'll stay up here all night and just watch game after game after game uh of uh the opponents and and does a great job with that so you know really uh, it's kind of like you're a consultant you know you go in and and this is what we can do and and uh they have the game plan in mind just like nick did yeah and uh you know, I'm just kind of, hey, uh, this is what we can do, and this is what we can't do.
0: Okay. And it
1: works from there. Ted calls all the plays, just like Nick did. And uh, you know, I've kind of moved back from that. And uh, and that's where I want to be. You know, I want to be with the offensive line, especially coming into league play uh, with the kids we play against uh, week in and week out. It's, it's, it's something where you have to devote a little bit more time to those guys
0: up front. You know, speaking of the offensive line, you know, the the unit's much improved. Uh, you know, I know in the, the win over North Dakota, um, your starting left tackle, Nick Jensen, who's one of the leaders of the unit, you know, went down in that game. So when you are having to adjust on the fly in that situation, you know, moving guys, I think you moved your uh, freshman center to, to Nick's position, you know, what is that like adjusting on the flying game, and then how many of your guys – are capable of playing multiple positions
1: uh i've always had the philosophy really you play pretty much your best five kids and they fit in places where they you know you normally just like last year with nile banks was it was a great offensive guard uh but we didn't have a center so he was the best center we had uh, so we end up moving him there and it was kind of a situation this week you know we i i did best thing about uh mason scheider uh, the kid that moved in, that was our center, moved to left tackle. Is he came in as a tackle uh, from uh, as a freshman, so he had some tackle experience throughout the week. He always game planned during the week. I know Coach Nielsen's all always on me because I don't replace a lot of guys in practice because you want those five playing together as much as they can. But uh, to the point where we we did put him in in some reps. I've always had him in there and, and moved Tyler Shure, our new center, our true freshman center. Uh, and let him take some snaps and moved uh, Mason out and let him take some left tackle snaps. So, you know, you have a lot of parts, and, and now we have a whole new plan. You know, if, if somebody else goes down, then, you know, what we're going to be able to do. And he might move two positions, you know, to get your best five out there. So uh, the best thing about our offense is, is all those guys know the position. You know, it isn't that complicated where they, you know, are lost with, uh, with uh, somebody else coming in.
0: Yeah, that, yeah. Ma- that makes sense. You know, as an offensive line coach and run game coordinator, what is it like having a quarterback like Chris Strebler, who's always a dual threat?
1: You know, it's amazing what he does. I, I just got off the phone with a, a guy that I coached with for over 20 years. He uh, was a D coordinator. that uh, it, it reminds me a lot of uh, when I was chatting with Danny Woodhead. Uh, I mean, you, you it makes everybody look good on offense. Yeah. I mean, he can do some things. Uh, just like this past week, uh, we didn't block a power upright and let a few guys go, but uh, you know nobody knows that until you watch the film. Uh, but he is—he's—he's uh, he's a special kid. He can do a lot of things. Great leader, uh, by far the best athlete on our team, and uh, he's a guy we got to keep healthy. So he's a special kid.
0: When you watch him, sometimes um, does he remind you? I mean, when I watch him he reminds me of, of a tailback just the way, you know, he will, he's not afraid to lower his shoulder and take a hit. And so is there times when you're watching him in game and think, you know, you, you forget he's your quarterback almost.
1: Several times, you know, and, and he's reminded by Coach Schloffke to get down, get out of bounds, you know, and that's, that's just not his personality. You know, he's a competitor. He's going to get that extra yard to the point where he, where he has to start being smarter and, uh, you know, taking care of himself because, uh, talked to him yesterday in the weight room, and he uh, he feels better than he's ever had at this point. Uh, a lot better than he did last year at this point, you know. And we're we're doing our best to keep the hits off him, uh, but he's he's a guy that's uh, going to compete, you know, and that, that's what makes him a great player.
0: You guys open uh, Valley play coming up against uh, your alma mater, Western Illinois, and you're a former offensive guard for the Leathernecks and had a had a career-ending injury. Um, I believe it was your sophomore season, and so, you know, how did that change just your outlook on football? And you know, did it influence you getting into coaching?
1: Oh, I think it definitely did. I, I come from a football family, a long line of coaches, and and uh, you know. Uh, it was something that I wanted to do, and uh, after that happened, I didn't want anything to do with football. matter of fact, I was heading home. It was my choice. Really? Yeah, thank God my mom said, you come home, you have two weeks, and you're not here no more. <laughs> so, uh, it kind of scared me into staying. And, uh, you know, I made a decision to get around and, and be around football as much as I could. Thank God uh, Coach Cradd was there and, and Coach Ball and, and all the great coaches that were at Western at that time and uh, kind of accepted me and brought me in and kept me involved, uh, let me take the tight ends, and, uh, you know, and uh, basically taught me a lot, you know, during that time when uh, when I couldn't play. So, you know, it was kind of a blessing. And my mom said, you come home, you're not staying home. So <laughs> thank God she said that. Yeah.
0: You know, you've coached at, at different levels, um, but have had several stints now in the Valley. What is it about the Missouri Valley Football Conference that – you know, keeps you coming back?
1: Uh, I think it's a great level of competition. I mean, uh, week in and week out, when you look at our schedule and, and, and non-conference games are always competitive, uh, but they don't compare to, uh, you know, what we're going to see these next eight games. Uh, I mean, week in and week out, I mean, you're, you're playing some of the best in the nation, you know, and that's that's what keeps you going. And that's what, you know, when you talk about game planning and things like that, even with, with Nick at, at Southern Coach Hill and, was here it's it's you know it's kind of a special deal to get in there and keeps you uh keeps you going you know every sunday and monday that to, to see what you can do against the best in the nation yeah. you know and and uh, this level is uh from what North Dakota state has done Youngstown South Dakota state all of them uh you know it's it's we've made an unbelievable mark you know in FCS football and it's going to continue
0: yeah i mean it really seems like the league is just getting better and better you know there's no drop off
1: no and again, again i I even uh, Missouri State's gonna be back I mean he's going he's doing some good things recruiting wise and uh you you're seeing all of them I mean again, you can't take a blow uh every week uh, you better have your your game plan ready and and your kids ready or uh, again you're gonna take a loss so it's extremely competitive and I'm happy to be here yeah
0: you and the team. You know, you see a much different side of, of Coach Bob Nielsen than the average fan. You know, people in the media, even even people like myself who are working the games. So, from an in game standpoint, you know, I always joke um, because I talk to Coach Nielsen sometimes, you know, before the game, and it's much different, obviously, than in the game during a halftime interview. You know, it's it's no secret halftime interviews are not his uh, favorite thing, and. Um, I joke that sometimes, uh, he reminds me of like a Greg Popovich just cause he, he'll do the interview. He just, he doesn't particularly like doing the interview, which I, which I think is normal for coaches in general. Um, but what is, what is coach Nielsen like off the field? you know, um, from a, from a human side, just the, the aspect that the average person doesn't necessarily get to see.
1: You know, I, and Kelly, I was the same way. I mean, I played him in the playoffs when I was head coach in division two and, you know, I come in and, you know, I'm, I'm not one to really dress up or anything. And, you know, this guy, every meeting he's got a shirt and tie on and everything else, very stoic, uh, you know, and it, it was, it was different. And really, I didn't even know coach uh, before, uh, uh, just from, from those experiences. But, you know, when, when the job opportunity came up and he called me, I didn't know him at all, you know, so, uh, and I'm new to this staff and he retained most of about 95% of his staff from Western and, and, uh, but, you know, he, he's, uh, I guess what you see is what you get. I mean, you know, of course, he loosens up quite a bit when we're in the office and things like that, but extremely professional, uh, you know, very organized. You know, I couldn't ask for, work for a better better guy right now. And, you know, uh, he, uh, he's, I would say, unfortunately, but he's an offensive line guy too. And uh, he's coached the offensive line, a great offensive line coach. So, you know, in, in a way, it's good to have a guy. You know, it's with you, and if you notice on the sideline, he's always hanging around. You know, when I have the offensive lineman over there and, and uh, coming up with ideas, and and uh, Bob knows the game, you know, and he's a very good coach. So yeah, it's a great opportunity to be here. But yeah, he does come across as kind of a of a, of a stern guy, you know. But uh, you know, really, I've I've had some great experiences since I've been here with him.
0: Yeah. I mean, I, and I certainly have too. And so I think it's just, you know, it's that game mentality. You get in that zone and, you know, that's really, you have to keep that perspective, you know, when you're, when you're doing an interview.
1: Well, and it's in a way it's, it's what makes him a great coach. Because if you notice him on the sideline, he might get after a few officials every once in a while. But uh, yeah, he keeps that even keel the whole time. And, and you have to, you know, and that's, that's, Uh, that's a great thing as a head coach that you can uh, keep that attitude and you know not let things overwhelm you and and, uh, you know be able to make the right call so he does a great job.
0: Yeah and last year it was fun Uh, his grandkids you know were at one of the games I worked and so it's fun to to see him after where you guys were you had a big win when we did your game and to see him interacting with his grandkids.
1: Yeah he's, he's got a great family his wife's unbelievable I mean she comes up and uh on Sunday evenings and we're in here late and they'll bring supper for us. And, and, uh, they, uh, you know, they're just great people to be around.
0: My conversation with coach O'Boyle continues shortly, but if you're enjoying this edition of the MBFC first and gold podcast, check out all the lineup media group offerings featuring your favorite sports and non-sports podcasts too. Now back to the show coach, who were some, you know, influential coaches throughout your career? Um, and, and why do you consider them you know mentors?
1: Wow, you know I've had so many uh you know I, I look back at high school uh a guy named Jim Fox, who was a great coach, came in my junior year in high school he ended up going to University of Iowa he you only know, spent one year there in east high and uh and he kind of changed things for me, moved me to offensive line, which I hated but uh you know it was uh, a good move, a great move. I would never went on a couple of eight college ball without it yeah. Uh, you know, so he was obviously had some great coaches uh, there with him, uh, Walt Kennedy, some, just some good people to be around. And then uh, I ended up uh, going to Western Illinois, and, and Coach Mortier is an excellent coach. Coach Rodriguez recruited me, uh, spent a half a semester with him, and then uh, Coach Cradd came in. Coach Cradd was hired my uh, uh, in December of my true freshman year, you know, and kind of changed the whole uh, landscape of Western Illinois when he came in. Yeah. in a great way, you know, unbelievable coach, brought in a phenomenal staff, Coach Ball, Coach Wilt, you know, Coach Williams, uh, there's so many guys, Coach Dodd, I worked with him when I coached Western Illinois, uh, phenomenal football mind, uh, game plan guy, offense, uh, unbelievable. Uh, he's at Lamar right now, as offense coordinator, he's been around a lot of places, but, you know, in, in this profession you just get to meet a lot of good people, you know, and uh, you get a lot of great ideas. You know, it kind of shapes how you coach. You know, you take the good and the bad. And, you know, unfortunately, I've uh, I've uh, had some great people to work under and, and play in. You know, Coach Ball was my offensive line coach, and that guy's as good as they get. You know, so uh, Randy Ball, now he's with the Chiefs and,
0: hmm.
1: and doing a great job there. So
0: yeah,
1: I've been around some good people.
0: So what position before they moved you to offensive line in high school, what were you playing?
1: Yeah, I was more of a skilled guy. You know, I was uh man. I played everything. Uh, I was a fullback, I was a tight end. I was a, you know even younger I was a uh, when I was thinner, I was, I was a wide out you know and uh, you know I moved around quite a bit. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, my dad was a little all American coach, you know and and moved me to uh, d line so I played some d and things like that. so uh, but coach uh, coach Fox moved me inside. And, matter of fact, I think I was a tight I can't hardly remember but I played <laughs> back and guard and uh, kind of shaped the way. Uh, know from then on out what I was going to do
0: yeah you once won 28 consecutive conference games when you were a head coach and you know that's an incredible feat in itself um if you put that in in a conference like the Missouri Valley you know it it would probably be impossible to to accomplish that again um but what stands out about that that period of time
1: It was just like a perfect storm. You know, when I took the job over, I mean, we had to make some changes at Shatteron State and uh, just in personnel and what we were doing and we did. And, you know, and really when you look at that stuff, my name's on it. But, uh, you know, I thought our was my D coordinator and, and, uh, you know, I I just had some unbelievable uh, staff that was there. You know, we were all on the same page. We all wanted the same thing. Uh, And then you know, fortunately we had a, a number three that was uh, Danny Woodhead uh, that was really an FBS back that we ended up getting at Shattered State. And, uh, you know, he kind of changed things for us. I mean, we could beat anybody. We had a big signature win right off the bat. We beat uh, Montana State, who just knocked off Colorado the week before. And we came off a four-game uh, four-game season. That was our second game of the season that we won. And kind of changed everything. It's a great group of kids. You know that that not only you know of course a running back, but we had a quarterback that was 43 and four as a starter. You know all five seven of them, and uh, you know so we, we had some great competitors. You know so I was fortunate you know to be in that situation and great support staff and and uh, you know again it was to me I look back and all that stuff it was it was all the staff and all the kids we had. You know I was just part of it. And it was a great ride. You know while we had it.
0: Do you still keep in touch with Danny?
1: No, not much. You know, not hardly at all. You know, mm-hmm. and again, uh, that's you know I know he's got his life and everything else, and and he's gone on done some unbelievable things, obviously. And uh, but I, I stay in touch with. Uh, I don't think there's a week goes by or a day goes by that I don't hear from, you know, either a player or, uh, you know, of course Todd Howard, one of my best friends. Talk to him about it every day. Yeah. So uh, you know we uh, we all stay fairly close. That old staff.
0: Well, speaking of Coach Hour, you know when you were at SIU, you and him used to to really get after it in the weight room. So I, I wonder now that you're in Vermillion, uh, has uh, that cr- tradition continued with the, the current staff? And are you? I mean, are you are you uh, outdoing uh, some of the players in the weight room?
1: Nah, I don't. I wouldn't say that. I you know I'm I'm pretty much a lone coyote. You know, I go in there but... By- <laughs> Uh, Our staff really gets after it, though, and all those guys work out. You know, they all stay in great shape. And, you know, I I think in this profession, and and it's been fortunate when you talk about Coach Nielsen and and even Nick uh, Nick at Southern, I mean, you know, those guys encourage it. Coach Ball did when I was at Western under him. Uh, Those guys encourage you, hey, an hour, hour and a half a day, get out and do something. I think you have to. You know, it's a huge stress relief, uh, you know, and and it's hard to make time during a season. I understand that, but uh, I think that's – something you have to do, you know, in our profession. You better be doing something that's going to eat you alive. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I was fortunate enough, and, of course, Todd was a year behind me at Westerns, you know, so we came up under uh, Coach Bill Wiltz, uh, our strength coach, who was a, the the ultimate grinder. And uh, so we, uh, you know, I'd probably learn more from him than I did anything anybody. You know, so, uh, you know, we we continued that when we were at Shattering together and, and at Southern together. I'm, I'm missing to death right now. Yeah. So, yeah, it's it's great stress relief, you know, and we've got some strong kids here, so I'm getting old, so <laughs> it's, uh, again, it's it's good to get in there. we got a great facility here, too.
0: When you were in Carbondale, you had a Harley-Davidson motorcycle. Uh, do you still have it? And, uh, if so, how is, how is the riding in South Dakota?
1: I tell you what, Shad, Shadow Shadow or Black Diamond hooked me up, uh, and, uh, convinced me to trade my other one in and get a nice bike so it's 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 beautiful i mean i ride i live about 15 miles from work in a little town about 400 people so uh, i'm right on the uh, highway 50 so it's a great drive every morning a little cold a little bit different southern illinois <laughs> yeah well i don't i don't get the uh the year-round riding time uh that i did down there but it's uh you know it's getting that point where i'll probably i'm riding as much as i can just uh you know to get it in because i'm gonna be putting it away here for about six months yeah. so you know it's yeah but it's enjoyable yeah you know, it's kind of a stress relief to get out and i'm not a hardcore i'm, I'm again I'm, I'm just a partial guy on that so it's nice to have a bike and uh, i'm happy i do
0: you have six brothers and so I believe six brothers. Um, you know, and I believe almost all of them are involved in, in football in some way. How competitive was it in your house growing up? And uh, what did the what do the dinner tables look like on a nightly basis?
1: It was it was extremely competitive. I don't think I don't think you could ever you know put it in words. to Be honest with you. Uh, I have five older brothers. Okay. I'm the younger, six, and uh, the oldest one is about 13 thirteen and a half years older than me. So when I went into kindergarten, Mike left. And went to, and the first four all played at Southern Illinois and then Tom came up here and played he was a receiver up here and then I went to Western
0: okay
1: uh, very competitive I, I think the way my dad structured things uh, you know it, it was everything was structured to be competitive and uh, that, that was kind of how it was I know with our with our uh, all the way down to our uh, sports teams our football team and, and major league baseball I mean we had to pick a team by the, by the time we were seven. And none of us could have the same team and yet, <laughs> the rest of your life, you know. So, uh, you know, he made things competitive and a great dad and great mom and great atmosphere to grow up in. Yeah. Extremely competitive.
0: I'm sure. Is it still competitive?
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, five or four of them came out uh, right before the season and uh, we got a real nice pit out here we could go fish on. And, uh, yeah, it was uh, just about had to pull the boat over a couple times, a couple guys <laughs> throw down, so... <laughs> I, don't, I think it's always going to stay in that uh, that mode. So it's uh, it's interesting to be around those guys. Yeah. You know, and they are all and when you talk about role models, and especially coaching. You know, uh, three of them are excellent coaches and have been uh, great high school coaches. So I grew up watching that. So it's good to see.
0: Yeah. You were a physical education and studio art major in college. So do you have artistic talents?
1: Uh, yeah, I don't know if I'd call them uh, that artistic, but, uh, yeah, you know, I enjoy art. I was going to major in art, and, uh, you know, it's, it's something I enjoy to do. I wish I had more time to do it. Um, my art table is still laying in my garage, not put together. Um, you know, hopefully after the season I can get back and do some things, but, yeah, I, I enjoy it. I really enjoy doing things like that and a little bit different. You know, uh, my daughter is extremely talented, uh, so I get a you know, kind of live through her right now, and she's doing a lot of work and stuff like that, so it's good to critique her stuff, and, and uh, you know, uh, it's a great talent to have. I just wish I had time to do it more.
0: Yeah. You know, you mentioned your daughter, and growing up in a family of all boys, uh, you know, being around guys all the time, essentially, with the football team. Uh, what was it like to, to have a daughter? It's like total...
1: For, you know, my ex-wife did a phenomenal job with her, and uh, you know she was uh, around her all the time. Obviously, when we're, we're at work and with football and things like that. But uh, uh, she uh, she she grew up, uh, you know, uh, a little bit kind of a tomboyish, and uh, continues to be that way. So um, again, it was, and again, I I credit my ex-wife completely. Susan she she did a phenomenal job, you know, with with uh, Cassie. You know, her growing up, so uh, she's doing extremely well now and, and uh, hoping to see her soon here in a couple of home games.
0: Nice. You know, I'm curious to get your take. The The game has changed so much uh, since you played it in college, um, and, and there's a much greater emphasis now on, on things like targeting in games, um, replay. And so from a coach's perspective, and, and I don't mean this question in any way to be controversial, um but what is it like to see how the game has evolved? And you know, what, it, what is now emphasized?
1: It, it, obviously, it's, it's safer than what it used to be. You know? and, and it, back then when we played, you know, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I didn't really think about it that much. You, know, you, you never, you know, I, I, they were probably there, but you didn't notice the injuries. You didn't notice the, the, the things that are going on now that, that are, they kind of blow up. You know? So I think it's always been there. Uh, I think the safety part now has kind of taken over and made some changes, obviously, in what we do and what we do in preseason camp and everything else, which is a good thing. You know, there's no doubt. And uh, the equipment is so much better than what it was back then. You know, I, I think the safety part is, is plays right into that. Um, you know, it's, it's a better game now. You know, I know people knock on it and this and that. And, you know, obviously with the, with the, with the replay and things like that, Uh, You don't want to get the controversy of of bad calls and, well, this happened and that. I mean, uh, I think it's a good thing. You know, I I like that. And, uh, of course, it slows the game down a little bit. But, uh, you know, with what we're doing tempo-wise, we need a blow every once in a while.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Good thing. Well, Coach, uh, I, I told you I would keep it a, a, right at about 30 minutes. So, is there anything else that I haven't asked you um, that you would want to share or let people know just about the the Coyotes program or, or yourself or your background?
1: No, not really. You know, again, I appreciate you having me. I'm a little bit shocked. You know, uh, <laughs> line coach would be that, uh, they, they're they're going to get interviewed on anything. So, besides a blown protection or something. But, <laughs> Uh no, it's, it's it's great to be on the show, and appreciate you and all you've done, especially when we're there at Southern, and, and it's a great league. You know, I'm, I'm honored to be in this league and honored to be part of the staff, so good thing.
0: Well, I, I greatly appreciate you, you making the time, especially uh, on your bye week, and uh, we actually have your guys' uh, valley opener here in about a week and a half, so look forward uh, to seeing you guys then uh, in Macomb.
1: All right. Thanks, Kelly. Appreciate it.
0: If you like what you heard from Bill O'Boyle and our MVFC First and Goal podcast, take a moment and subscribe. Lineupmedia.fm also is home to many other podcasts, shows like Not So Fast, Coach Your Brains Out, and Bleacher Bums. You can also find us on iTunes and Stitcher.
1: Tune in next week for another episode of Valley Football First and Goal with Kelly Byrd, the official podcast of the Missouri Valley Football Conference only on the lineupmedia.fm network. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and anywhere you get your podcasts.
0: This podcast was a presentation of
1: lightupmedia.fm.